It's post time. Welcome to the ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Post Game Show with your hosts, fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller, and two time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears on Chicago's home for sport. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Smoke has disappeared. The mares have been shattered. The Bears can no longer pretend like they are amongst the elite in the NFL. They fall to 5-2 and two today as the Rams thump them on national TV, Monday Night Football, 24-10. to 10. And let me tell you, it wasn't nearly that close. Welcome in to the Bears postgame show, the Bears Miller Lite postgame show here on ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Miller along with Howard Griffith. We're talking about a Bears loss that has kind of, in my opinion, Howard, revealed the true issues for this team, the woeful offense. Yeah, we knew exactly who this team was. We we really did. I mean, we're just kind of going through and we're just finding ways to win football games, which is good. I mean, that's a good thing. But we also knew that when they came up against a good team, a quality opponent, that they weren't going to be able to get away with some of the things that they had been able to uh, in some of the previous weeks. Everybody is under the microscope on the offensive side of the ball today. And I have to imagine that Matt Nagy, who we will be hearing from at some point here during the, as soon as he wraps up the full zoom media uh, press conference that he has, we will bring it to you as soon as we possibly can, as soon as it wraps up, because I know people want to hear from him. It was disgraceful. I mean, look, the Rams, Aaron Donald is one of the best players who's ever played football. So nobody's going to deny that, but they're not a defense that, you know, the the bears defense is better just to be honest with you. And the, the Rams can get after it for sure, but you should not be so woeful that you can put nothing together. And right now, I don't even know where to go from here because it is this one was an ugly loss. You know, it's not often that you see Jalen Ramsey get beat, right? Mm-hmm. And, and just not be able to get the ball delivered and put in, get into your playmaker's hands. But you had opportunities. You had some opportunities with Ramsey and you weren't able to take advantage of it in the time you did you know, really throw at him. The one, he, the interception was because he got some pressure on him. And, you know, it was really unfortunate, but I mean, this is kind of where they are right now. There's no doubt about it. 312-332-3776. We are your home for the next two hours talking about a Bears loss to the Rams on Monday Night Football. And I know uh, the folks out there have got to be disappointed. We're not going to hesitate. I'm going to let the fans weigh in right away, Howard. Let's go on out to Mitchell, who's in Des Plaines. Mitch, you're on ESPN 1000 talking about a Bears loss. What's going on, my man? You guys are the best. Howard, you and uh, your team with doing tonight are an inspiration to us all. First of all, you can't blame this on Foles. You've got to blame this on the GM and Nagy for not putting together and investing in offensive line. Foles is doing the best he can, okay? Shabisky will be lost in the sauce and he pulled again, so don't be think about that. It comes down to that the Rams' defense caused a lot of problems for the Bears and exposed them for their flaws. The Bears tried to put together a momentum with their offense. It just doesn't happen when you have a, a dominant defense like the Rams that is making things impossible for, for folks to make a play. And my whole thing is this, guys. Don't hand me this, this, what I call this lack of integrity about how, you know, our Bears' offense is so great. They're not. You know what? They don't have any receivers. They don't have a running game. And Nagy is a loser for not committing to the run. So if you want to go back to a throwback of Walter Payton and Neil Anderson, you're flawed. It's a, it's a, it's a Johnny Appleseed fairy tale. My recommendation is take this to heart. Drink your, your apple vinegar cider and realize that you are in for the long run of basically ineptitude. Until they fire Nagy, until they fire uh, Pace, you're going to have a situation that repeats itself, such the path of patterns that's going to make you insane. 
Now, don't blame Foles. Blame the organization. And let me hear your thoughts. <laughs> well, I appreciate your call. I mean, I think you're right on point when you start talking about the offensive line. The offensive line is a mess, right? It, it, it really is. And to think that you can't and you didn't put a, a, a line together that was going to be able to move the ball, I mean, there were some, there were some opportunities there uh, well, we made Leonard Floyd look like a, you know, an all-pro pass rusher. Uh, and not being able to get your hands and be able to stay in front of them, you know, it, it's kind of embarrassing. And, and that's kind of where this thing is. And they're going to have to get this thing figured out. But that's what's unfortunate about it is there's nothing you can do during the season. You can't fix it during the season. Uh, this is something that's going to have to get fixed during the offseason. But it's very clear that, you know, they don't trust the run game because they don't trust the guys up front. Yeah, no, and uh, listen, I, I don't – I can understand why you don't trust the run game, but, like, you see all throughout the, the, the day there was just issues with, with every aspect, whether it was the lack of a push from the offensive line, um, you know, the inability to do anything creative. I mean, I'm sorry, but, like, you know, Demetrius Harris stands out early on. He's on the field way too much for a guy who's making way too many mistakes. And then we're juxtaposed to – look – I don't know what Cole Komet is, but what, what he, he's the one guy who made a play tonight, and, and I don't remember seeing him much on the field after that particular play where he comes down with a 37-yard catch and literally goes over the defender's back to just haul it out of his hands. I mean, you know, when Demetri, Demetrius Harris is on the field as much as he is and Cole Komet cannot get on the field, I mean, wh- wh- what are you leading me to believe? Either you cannot evaluate your talent properly or there's some serious issues with Cole Komet because he cannot get on the field ahead of Demetrius Harris. I understand there's two tight end sets at times where you're going to want to see Graham and Harris. But, man, I mean, we need more Cole Komet, Howard, because it's just ridiculous when the offense is this inept and you have a guy who's making a play tonight. And he just, after that, where, where was he? Well, you know where I'm going to come down on this side of him, that <laughs> side of the conversation. I, I think and have always thought that you know he's a guy – who, as I've always talked about, is still going to have to learn at the point of attack. But the fact is, he can make plays. And you saw that today. 50-50 ball goes up. He's got an opportunity to make a play. He's going to go get it. So you need to put your playmakers in position where they can be successful. That's what it's about. Don't tell me what they can't do. You put them in places where they can make plays, and that's how you, you, you use the talent that you have regardless of the skill set or regardless of, you know, how, how much you think they know of your offense. Put them in position to make a play, and they'll make them for you. That's two-time Super Bowl champ Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller here on the Bears postgame show, brought to you by Miller Lite. We're talking about a Bears loss to the Rams, 24-10. They fall to 5-2. and two. Let's head on out to Chicago Ridge and say good evening to Ahmad. Ahmad, you're on the postgame show. What's up? Hey, how you guys doing? Um... First thing I want to say is um, Ryan Pace has to go. His suitcase, his bag, everything. He's got to be in front of Alice Hall tomorrow, and he's got to go. This guy set this franchise back at least 10 years. Matt, I can guarantee you. Because who are we going to get in, the, in the, this year's draft? He, I mean, he signed, he extended everybody on that horrible offensive line. That's number one. He can't even find A-Rob because he's got no more cap space. Khalil Mack, man, it look, looks like a Julius Pepper signing all, all, all over again. Eddie Jackson, he extended him. I mean, man, this is a joke. It really is. Ryan Pace has to go. He's got to go. We can hear the frustration in Thanks Ahmad's call. I mean, voice, Howard. The, yeah. the people are upset, and they should mm-hmm. be. They, they really should be. And, and, Jeff, let's be real. This is a conversation, and the calls that we're going to get tonight are calls that people wanted to make three weeks ago. Right? They, they've been wanting to have these calls from the very beginning, and but the Bears found ways to – to avoid and be able to come up with victories as opposed to those losses. But, you know, this is going to be a tough stretch for for a team that, that doesn't have the ability to make plays consistently on offense. The defense, I thought, did a really nice job of settling in. They're going to give up some things. You're going to give up plays to the Rams until you can settle down. But they were able to get off the field uh, and do some really good things tonight. And, you know, for the offense not to be able to score points, it, it's problematic. ESPN 1000, we're the microphone here to amplify your, amplify your voice tonight. Let's check out uh, Mike, who is in Midlothian. Mike, you are on ESPN 1000. 
Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Got what you. I wanted to say, what, what I wanted to say was that you know uh, Nagy has proven himself to just be a glorified clip holder for Andy Reid. The defense cannot continue to, to bail water if the offense keep, continues to shoot holes in the boat. If you look at the top of uh, Nick Foles, every time he dropped back, the top of his drop back, it was always somebody in his face. And the problem with Nagy is that he refuses to scheme something to help his offensive line. If he was just, if he could, you know, if he's supposed to be this offensive guy, why not try to scheme something to help the offensive line? But he keeps sitting there just saying, hey, we got to play better, we got to play better. No, you have to do your job and scheme something better to help your offensive line that is struggling. Mike, that's a great point. Um, and that's kind of where I've been. You've got to be able to put people in position. And when, when you're a genius, and this is one of this has always been one of the problems I've always had with guys. They they quote unquote geniuses and offensive gurus and that sort of thing. The reason that they're offensive gurus is because they throw the ball all over the lot. Mm-hmm. They try to be creative. And, and at the end of the day, that doesn't necessarily work. It only works when you have an elite team. You've got guys up front that can make things happen. Not everybody can play the game that way. Just because you were at a place where you you know you had some unbelievable talent <laughs> doesn't mean that your next stop it, it, you're going to be able to do that same thing uh jeff i told you a couple of weeks ago uh when the uh dallas cowboys when they had aikman and they were on a run and i was playing for the rams at the time we ran the exact same offense as the dallas cowboys and we <laughs> nothing yep. like it our production was nothing like what they were doing so you have to be able to utilize your skill that you have on the field, on, on your roster, to be able to put them in position to make plays. Yeah, no, and, and no, you make a great point, Howard, about the idea of being labeled the offensive genius. Like, just because a guy calls plays for six games for a, an offense that was, uh, you know, productive doesn't necessarily make him an offensive genius. You know, what helps is a long resume of proving it year in and year out. And I know that Matt Nagy, because he's young or was younger amongst the head coaching ranks when he got the job, oftentimes gets compared to Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. But as you pointed out, like if you look at the difference, Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, they're always committed to the run. And that's the one thing in his tenure now that is now, you know, we're in his, uh, you know, in his third year now where Matt Nagy has truly not shown any um, inclination to commit to the run. When and, and I know the offensive line is a struggle, but you know what? Part of the reason it might be, you know, an issue is because he's never taken it seriously. In the offseason, you should have addressed the fact that the offensive line was woeful. They chose not to do it. They, you know, the lack of draft capital that they've committed to the offensive line over the years has just been, you know, abysmal. And now it's really starting to catch up to them. Yeah, you, I, I go back to that last interception that was, uh, I think, was thrown with the Rams he picked off. Let's say about that one. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're releasing, I think, four or five guys into the into the um, pass route. And Montgomery is one of the guys that they're releasing out there, and he he gets a, ends up getting what we call a free release. He's open in the flat, but because he's under so much pressure, he forces the ball down the field into a situation where he wasn't going to win. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's it's hard. So if you've got a guy that's open in the flat, you either have to hit him or if you're not going to hit him, you're going to be looking vertically down the field. You need to keep the back end because that's where your offensive line is right now, where he can sit there and scan and try to help on the most dangerous pass rusher so he can give his guys some help. But just to send guys out in a, into a route and, and you're still getting pressure on the quarterback, that doesn't make any sense. So many aspects to break down. We're here for you, 312-332-3776. That's how Tom and Oak Lawn got in. Tom, you're on the postgame show with Howard Griffith and Jeff Meller. What's up, man? What's up? So I'm not going to uh, – I'm going to – the offense was horrible. In fact, after today, I would fire the offensive coordinator, which just happens to be Matt Nagy. And, I mean, when you can give up two sacks to Leonard Floyd, who only had two sacks coming into this game, and yet they're making him seem like an all-pro on the broadcast, then you know your offensive line is horrible. But I I did not see a great defense either. Uh, and I've been seeing this all, all season long, is they're coming in for big hits, not wrapping up, and because of that, guys are missing tackles. There are too many defensive penalties. You had... Kyle Fuller getting burnt, not by Robert Woods or Cooper Cup, but 
by like their third or fourth option Reynolds all night long. And I mean, the one thing that that was just that was just embarrassment. The one run by uh, I think it was Malcolm Brown, where they pretty much carried him like ten yards to almost to score. I mean, that was just pitiful too on the defense. And they've been doing this all season long too. You know, not wrapping up, not getting tackles, doing stupid defensive penalties and such. But we're supposed to just you know let them off the hook because they were a great defense in the past. So. And and I don't want to hear that, well, we don't want to be aggressive and such because if we make a mistake, we don't have the offense that kind of, you know, to catch up back. Then. then I don't want you as my defensive coordinator. You should still be aggressive. You should not worry about whether your guys are going to make a mistake or not. You should still be aggressive and such. That's what that's what made this defense great before. So. Hey, Tom, thanks for calling. And you make a good point. You talk about that defense. And I don't think anybody's going to let this defense off the hook at all. I think all year they've shown, well, particularly early, their first part of the year early, you know, they were really struggling from a defensive standpoint to be able to get pressure on the quarterback. And things started to settle down. Now, yeah, they gave up 24 points today, but they could have given up some more. When they came up with some timely stops in the red zone, that was key to, to getting the ball back to the offense. But for me, it still goes back to the offense being able to put up points. They have to be able to do that because at some point, you're going to lose some key people on your defense. It's very tough to go the entire year and keep everybody healthy. So you've got to be able to get those guys rested and be able to give them an opportunity to sit on the sideline and catch their breath. But right now, that's not happening when you have the three and outs. And and I think you have to be truthful, too, to the fact that, look, uh, Johnny Hecker put the Rams in, you know, in prime position to take advantage of the field position game today. Every time the Bears were getting the ball, it seemed like they were inside yes. their 10. No thanks to Ted mm-hmm. Ginn, by the way, because that's that experiment. Like, if he doesn't want to catch the ball, Howard, I mean, like, they may as well find someone who's willing to do so because at this point, he's just getting paid to watch punts, you know, go inside the 10 if he's not going to touch the ball. I mean, I don't know what was going on tonight, but he, he wanted no part of returning anything, it seemed like. Uh, but, yeah, but the yeah, defense yeah, yeah. <laughs> The defense was in a very difficult position all night long because they were playing catch up. And at a certain point when you're, you know, you're uh, you're being set up inside, you know, inside your own 50 time and time again, things become a little bit more difficult to, uh, you know, to shut the other team down. And they're going against a, you know, when you talk about the multiple sets that they see where Mm -hmm. the ball's coming out, some of the ball handling is going on in this direction. You know, they did a really good job, Sean McVay, in that offense of, of really keeping the Bears off kilter. But, again, I want to go back and say that, that the Bears did find a way to get to the quarterback, and they did find a way to slow him down a bit. And, and it's going to be difficult. This is, I mean, this is it's tough to stop these offenses now in, in modern football, the way they're set up. And you know, there's so many things that you have to be trying to read and look for and it, it, it's very tough for them. So if you can't keep them off balance uh, by getting pressure on them, you know, and it, it makes for a long day for your defense. He is Howard Griffith, two-time Super Bowl champ, also a former Los Angeles Rams. So I imagine uh, you uh, you didn't take any delight in the Rams' victory over the Bears today, right, Howard? No, the Rams no, are long no, none at all. None at all. Yeah, that, that was so far in my rearview mirror, I don't even remember. Yeah, the Rams the, <laughs> the, the Rams. This is a, a second incarnation of the Los Angeles Rams because they've already moved to St. Louis and back since Howard played. Uh, we're taking plenty of your calls. We're jam-packed. Lines are full right now, 312-332-3776. We will continue to let you sound off on a 5-2 and two Bears team that does not feel like a 5-2 and two team. Do that next. This is Chicago's home for sports. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back. It's back. With your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller, two-time Super Bowl champion, Chicago native, Howard Griffith. Now, back to more on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Stop for him. 
as Jason Honeycutt put it on Twitter, I'm super shocked with Patterson in the backfield that he ran it with him. I'm sure the defense was surprised when they saw that not work for the millionth time. Bears fans' frustrations are boiling over tonight, and we are here to be your therapy. I'm Jeff Meller. Along with Howard Griffith, we're talking about the second loss of the season for the Bears, 24-10, to and it was fugly, Howard. Yeah, it was a mess. And going back to that play with Patterson, you know, we call it a flip it. Flip it eight or flip it nine. For, for that particular play, it's a flip it nine where you get uh, your offense or your offense starts to move to the right, and then you try to get fancy with it and flip it to, uh, to your back going the opposite direction, and you hope to outflank um, the defense because they've overcommitted. But there was no chance of that. And once again, we talk about being in a short yardage situation, and guess who's running the football? Mm-hmm. A special yeah. teams guy. It sometimes plays wide receiver. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I haven't gotten it from day one, and, and I still don't get it. People are trying to just outsmart everyone else. It, it, it's, not that, it's not that easy. It really isn't. Football yeah. is all about blocking and tackling. And if you don't trust, if you don't trust your people up front, because that's what that told me. That spoke volumes to me about the lack of trust of being able to line up knock the guys off the line of scrimmage, reestablish that, and be able to get the first down when you need to be able to do it. But he doesn't trust those guys up front, and it shows. Jim is in Wheaton. Jim, uh, share with us who uh, is uh, in your crosshairs tonight. Hey, fellas, I have a real problem with Matt Nagy. I got a real problem with all these deep shots. All these deep shots we take in the first half that all of a sudden we I mean, are in the second half. Why, why not take one in the first half? What's the big deal? I don't know why we can't take those shots. It's, it's the offensive line's an issue, no doubt. But let's, let's hit a deep ball one time. Let's stretch the defense. Let's get out there. And then uh, Ted Ginn, Ted Ginn, I, I don't know what his deal is because <laughs> I think the special teams coach must have told him not to catch the ball. I don't know. I mean, you can't – if your offense is struggling that bad, you can't put them in that situation over and over again. After the second one, I was like, somebody told him not to catch the ball. It's unbelievable how they're doing this. I, I don't – you've got to help the offense out. But it's – the defense, I, I don't know. The defense is fine. There's nothing wrong with them. They're doing all they can do. But to a certain point, you got to – you got to do whatever you I Yeah, mean, Yeah, Jim, I'm, I'm going to spring you because I can hear the radio in the background, and I just reminded to make sure you turn your radio uh, down, folks, when we uh, pop you on there. But, yeah, like, I mean, to his point, Howard, uh, we saw the graphic on the broadcast tonight. The Bears are the only team in the NFL without a pass play over 40 yards. And, I mean, forget yeah. the fact that they don't have, have any long touchdowns. They don't even have any long completions over 40 yards. It is a problem for them, like, and, and we know they're not good enough to put together a 10 to 12 dr- uh, play drive with any type of consistency. That's fair. And we've seen – it's not that we haven't seen those wide receivers open, though. Mm-hmm. Again, we, they were going against one of the better corners and total package-type corners. Sure. It's going to hit you in cover in Ramsey. And there were some stutter goals. There were some out-and-ups. That, and, and he bit on those first moves, and the receiver is wide open down the field, and he doesn't have the time to deliver the football. And, and, and what ends up happening, as a quarterback, you've got this clock in your head. And if you're used to getting hit, you're not going to want to sit in there and hold that ball for another split second because you know you're going to take a shot. So much of it is it, it all starts up front to be able to have confidence, to know that you're going to have a clean pocket, you're going to be able to step into your throws. A lot of these throws that, that, are, that are misses for, for falls, if you go back and you watch them, it's because he, he, he doesn't have an opportunity to finish them. He can't follow through because pressure is in his face, and that's a problem. That's the voice of Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Miller here on the Bears postgame show. Brought to you, as always, by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. Let's head on out to uh, Midlothian and say good evening to Mike. Mike, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up? 
Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. A couple things. I'll start out with Ryan Pace first. And I'm going to try to stay calm because I, I'm, I think I'm getting to, ap- to apathy in terms of this Bears team, even though, they're okay, they're 5-2. and two. And they were five and one coming into this game, but I was I was already apathetic with the way the offense went. I'm not even worried about the defense because the defense is going to have their games where they're not going to play well, and it's up to the offense to pick up the slack. Even though the defense has done that repeatedly over the last few years for the offense, I pretty much think that they shield them. But anyway, Ryan Pace just needs to go. He's he was. You know, there, you know, people talk about, oh, Brian Pace is so aggressive, you know, with trading his draft equity and having, or, you know, as one guy said on your guys' station, had the cojones to move up one spot for Mitch Trubisky. Look what that decision had made. It just set back the franchise for how many years now? Because even if the Bears somehow, let's say they missed the playoffs, like we're going to be in no man's land at 8-8, eight 9-7. and, eight, nine and seven. So it's not like they're going to get very far on that. And uh, he just refused to address the offensive line. And I even remember, because I, I listen to you guys all the time uh, during the day, and I remember when Kyle Long retired and you guys had him in for a week, and everybody was asking him, so what does, do the Bears need to do? He's like, listen, they need to address the offensive line. This offense ain't going to do anything. Mitch can't do anything unless if this offensive line doesn't get fixed. And they did nothing. He did nothing. He, he just addressed other issues. And now – you know, that, and that's the reason why I'm Ryan Pace. Now on the Matt Nagy, I said this when I called into you guys a few weeks ago. He has been shielded by that defense. He is awful when it comes to play calling. And you saw it today. Mm-hmm. Even when he went for that fourth down, I forgot what quarter it was. I think it was, might have been the second quarter. When he went for that fourth down, and luckily, <laughs> <laughs> they got a penalty. Yes. Like, if they didn't get that penalty, people would be like, what the hell are you doing going for it at your own 20-yard line? And he was, they didn't even, you know, they tried to quarterback sneak. You know, and I got no problem with Nick Foles. I mean, I to be honest with you, watching this game today, I was like, this is going to be the game. This is going to be the game that Mitch is going to come back in because he was running for his life all night. Like, I was just waiting for Aaron Donald to just take him out of the game or whatever was going to happen. But, I, I mean, it's just, it's brutal. You know, and it, like you guys have repeatedly said, every time Patterson is in the backfield, every team knows, like, okay, this guy is going to run. There's mm-hmm. like, like, there's, I don't understand why he's sitting there and being so arrogant by showing that he, he can, hey, I got this really great play. It was like even from last week when you heard Nick Foles talk about, yeah, we were in a rhythm and, you know, and Coach wanted to call a play, but I told him, no, I don't want to run the play. We got the defense on their toes. Let's keep them going. And Nagy's like kind of like you know micromanaging by saying, "Hey, no, we have this play. It's real. Yeah. We really love this play." It's like, come on, dude, just play football. Stop trying to get teams with everything. Just come, just Mike. You know, Mike, like, you saw we today feel, with with my we feel Mike. We feel. We feel you, my man, Mike. Thank you for the phone call. I don't mean to cut you, but we do have lots of folks who want to weigh in, so and uh, we're up against it here. But uh, please, always, we do appreciate the love. Feel free to call us back uh, next week because we will be here for you to vent. I, like I said, I got plenty of phone lines locked up and loaded here, Howard, so uh, we want to get to all of them. We will also let you hear from the offensive guru, Matt Nagy. He is wrapping up his Zoom, Zoom press conference, and uh, he was asked about uh, – one of the broadcasters who may have uh, let a secret out in regards to what Nick Foles had to say. We'll let you hear about that. We'll, <laughs> let, you hear for, we'll let you hear from Matt Nagy, and uh, we'll let you sound off as well. This is the Bears postgame show here on ESPN 1000. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Arguments that the uh, levy has broken, and um, man, it is flowing because we are taking on water here. The Bears are five and two, and it is feeling far, far worse than that. 
This is the Bears Miller Lite postgame show here on ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Miller, along with two-time Super Bowl champion Howard Griffith. And we're here for you, the Bears fans, to vent and share your pain with us. Um, we're going to let you hear from Matt Nagy in about 15 minutes. And we'll also let you hear from uh, a certain broadcaster who used to play quarterback here in the city. He had a little bit of a conversation with Nick Foles. And he may have uh, let the cat out of the bag about something that I'm not sure Matt Nagy wanted out there. We'll let you hear about that here momentarily. But first, I'd like to take Chris, who is in New Lenox. Chris, you're on the postgame show with Howard Griffith. What's going on, my man? What's happening, guys? So, all right. The, the one thing I have to ask, it, when Cordell Patterson was on the Patriots, I felt like they used him sparingly. Maybe once or twice a game at running back, maybe. But he was a kick return. Why is he like our secret weapon? Like, why is he always lined up in the backfield every other season mm. getting the ball as a running back? Howard? <laughs> Chris, we, we, Chris, we got problems. We've been trying to figure this out for weeks now, right? And, and I think in the first week I, I probably said, well, I could see why you would put him back there because if he, once he runs onto the field, he could shift out of the backfield and go to a wide receiver position. But as the – the next game and the next game, it was very clear he was their short yardage back. It was very clear. And mm-hmm. that's when I started scratching my head. You've got to be kidding me. How is he going to be that guy for you? And it hasn't changed. It reared his ugly head once again today. So if you're Montgomery, I, I don't know what you say. But you know, it doesn't make any sense because it's, they're not sound plays. They're trick plays that they're trying to run with them. Yeah, and it, like just a, there's no you 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 the defense is completely aware that you know when Bat- Patterson's lining up in the backfield that in all likelihood it's going to him, and so there's no like the defense doesn't even need to respect anything else that's out there on the field. So any chance that he might have for success is almost you know neutered at that point anyway. Like at this point, you have to be wondering if Lamar Miller figures out the offense, and and I know Lamar Miller is by no means the player he once was. He's had two torn ACLs in his career at this point, but you have, there's gotta be someone on the roster who can give you more, even if it's just in a short yardage situation, because Patterson is just, it's, it's not happening. It's crazy. And, and Jeff, not at all. It's not happening at all. And, <laughs> and to go back and build a little bit on my point is that, okay, so maybe it is a short yardage situation. How about we motion them out of the backfield because you haven't broken that tendency yet. Every time he lines up there in a short yardage situation, he's getting the ball. So for me, if I'm looking at this as a defensive guy, you know right away he's getting it. But to break that tendency, you need to motion him out of the backfield to get him at a wide receiver position. And maybe you motion somebody back into the backfield that actually is a running back or you line them up, you have a two-back set back there, and you motion Patterson out. It's, it, again, it goes back to being a genius, being the smartest guy in the room. And, and in telling you, it creates problems, and you can look around the National Football League, and you can look at young guys that are able to get jobs. It, it doesn't always work out when they go to their next stop because they don't have the talent that they had in their previous job. Let's uh, go to Shy, who's in Honolulu. Shy, have you even had dinner yet? This has to be uh, Monday Night Football. Has to be the perfect time for a Bears fan who's uh, out in Hawaii. No, it's great. Six o'clock, just walking the dogs, trying to build off, work off some of that stress from the last few hours of whatever that thing was that I watched. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously, echoing the same frustration as probably all other Bears fans. You know, and just think back to, like, what is the identity of this offense? And I don't think there is one. Nagy came in as a supposed offensive genius. What is he a genius of? You know, we don't have a good running game. And I think the fact of the matter is our offensive line is not going to get better. No one's walking into that, into Hallis on Monday, and all of a sudden our O-line can be better. Nick Foles, he is who he is. Um, You know, I don't think – he didn't play well tonight, but I think that's sort of what we expect. I don't think we expected a Tom Brady, Drew Brees, or something coming in to save the day. But I think it falls on to Nagy and the coaching staff. What are you doing? And, you know, the Patterson call, the Montgomery little three-yard flares, even like an eight-yard curl to Robinson. I mean, I would kill to see that. Maybe like a 12-yard out to Miller. 
consistency. You know, there are times where the Rams are playing off and those plays were there. You know, in the short yardage, I don't remember ever seeing a fullback or a lead blocker, you know, or even on that fourth and one, even that that makes it obvious. I don't, this season at least, and I don't get all the games, so I can't see them all. I don't remember ever seeing a lead blocker. You know, your, your running game is horrible. You've, I think, I don't think you've gotten 70 yards rushing as a team in the last four games. I mean, even last night, I think it was Arizona brought in a sixth lineman just to, you know, switch it up, improve the running game. And they had a couple of good runs. And I think Nagy is incompetent, you know, and he, he was shielded by Andy Reid for those years in KC. We get hired the wrong guy. Um, I think the enemy probably is a better hire, um, probably a more competent. And I, and you guys kind of touched on a couple of points. You know, there was I forget where it was as the Bears were driving. You saw the Bears going fast, going fast. All of a sudden, Nagy told them to slow down. And you saw the frustration, visible frustration from the receivers and Nagy on the field. And then even, I think, the greasy comment that you guys are referencing later on that happened in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Mm. I don't think this team believes in Nagy either. I know we all don't as fans. I mean, that's been for a season and a half, if not longer. So uh, I, I they, just don't know what to say about this team. I think we're all trying to search for those words yeah. right now. Shai, thanks for the call. We do appreciate you uh, hanging with us. And since you brought it up, perfect time to uh, let the folks out there who maybe at this point in the game you had kind of half checked out and so you weren't listening closely. But this is Brian Greasy um, in the fourth quarter talking about uh, maybe uh, Nick Foles not having as much trust in Matt Nagy, maybe having as much trust as he should. And Matt Nagy, here's Brian Greasy. We were talking to Nick Foles yesterday, and he said, you know, sometimes play calls come in, and I know that I don't have time to execute that play call. And, you know, I'm the one out here getting hit. Sometimes the, the guy calling the plays, Matt Nagy, he doesn't know how much time there is back here. And so that's something that they have to get worked out. Woo, boy, I don't know if that's an indictment. I don't know if Nick Foles wanted that to be out there the way Brian Greasy painted it. I don't know if we'll hear it clear. I don't know if Brian Greasy will be asked to step to the mic and clarify like he once was as the (laughs) Chicago Bears quarterback when he brought the team back against the Eagles years ago and led them in a two-minute drive and talked about how he uh, was calling the place himself. Maybe this is Greasy's revenge, Howard, where you get you get blunt honesty uh, years later. Uh, your, what are your thoughts about that comment from Brian Greasy and what Nick Foles told him about Matt Nagy? Hey, listen, uh, Brian. Brian's a friend, um, teammates out in Denver, and, and and I can tell you, if Nick Foles didn't want that out there, he shouldn't have said it in the meeting, mm-hmm. right? So. You know, it, it, it's frustration, yeah. But Brian used the information that he was given in the meeting. Now, mm-hmm. clearly, Nick didn't say, hey, don't repeat this. Mm-hmm. Well, this is off the record. Probably should have it the direction he wanted to go. But we've seen that, right? Jeff, we've seen the interaction yeah. between Nagy and Foles on the sidelines. And, 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 and again, it's not something that is unusual between a play caller and a quarterback. It happens all the time. We just happen to get an opportunity to see it a couple of times. And now we hear those, these comments and it kind of all comes together. They do have to be on the same page. They absolutely do have to be on the same page because it goes back to what I said a few minutes ago. If you don't have the confidence to be able to finish your throws, you're, you're going to have problems with your quarterback. You're, that's just it's human nature. I don't want to get hit. Mm. I want to trust that I can drop back. I can deliver the ball. If I don't believe I can do that, I'm going to be skittish. And it's going to be a problem. And we, we're watching it unfold each and every week. And, I mean, listen, we I don't know if it's you know precisely because of his lack of trust in having the time back there, but we saw two occasions tonight where there were – players who did come open eventually on the throw, but Nick Foles, as, as you know, you, you pointed out, Howard, he didn't have the time to step into his throws to deliver them. And maybe, maybe he could have put a little more air, especially uh, to that one towards Mooney, but they, they, they broke it down for you too on the broadcast, showing you why exactly he was going to have a difficult time really doing anything with that ball, because there just was no time from the rush that the uh, Rams are putting on. So if, if I mean, if, if that doesn't sound like an indictment on Matt Nagy from his quarterback, I, you know, I don't know if you'll ever hear anything 
uh, more, uh, you know, uh, discerning than that at this point. Yeah, it's a, it's not good, right? It's yeah. just not. Um, so whether it's you, know, you talk about the way this team was was constructed, whether you want to discuss where where they are right now and how they move forward, we've had questions, and everyone around the National Football League has had questions about this team's really not as good as the record indicates. But they've been quite fortunate, and and now we're in the middle of this stretch. Another two games that, that are going to be very telling about where this team ultimately ends up uh, if they can get in the postseason and nothing says they shouldn't, but they've got to play a lot better from an offensive line standpoint to be able to give themselves an opportunity. Well, I wonder what Matt Nagy has to say about what Brian Greasy talked about in the broadcast. Hmm, I wonder if anybody will ask him in the Zoom press conference. In fact, I know they already did. We'll let you hear what he had to say about that comment uh, with the two-time Super Bowl champion and Illini legend Howard Griffith. I am Jeff Miller. This is the Bears postgame show brought to you by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. Matt Nagy talks about Brian Greasy's comments next. Bear, Bear, Bears football. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back with your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller and two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. We were talking to Nick Foles yesterday, and he said, you know, sometimes play calls come in, and I know that I don't have time to execute that play call. And, you know, I'm the one out here getting hit. Sometimes the, the guy calling the plays, Matt Nagy, he doesn't know how much time there is back here. And so that's something that they have to get worked out. And that is why you watch the broadcast to gain insight like that. Brian Greasy laying it out there for you right here on ESPN 1000. That was Monday Night Football tonight on ESPN, of course, ABC 7 as well here locally in Chicago. Um, and, uh, Howard, we, uh, without further ado, we will let Matt Nagy have the floor and uh, tell us what, uh, what Brian Greasy meant by all that. You know, this is a, a game today where um, – you know, there, it's, it's, there's not a whole lot to say in that locker room other than in these situations, uh, we got to be able to show what type of resolve we have to, to bounce back from something like this. Uh, I, I thought that, um, you know, I don't know all the stats, all the numbers in, in the three phases, but I just felt like we knew defensively there was going to be times that they got chunks on us on, with their offense, but we were going to, you know, bend and not break. I, I thought our defense, for the most part, did that. Uh, Obviously, stating the obvious, the, the offense, we we um, we got to get stuff figured out. Uh, it's not not good enough, and to you know to be outscored by your by your defense, obviously, is, is unacceptable too. So that part's frustrating. Um, the special teams uh, in some areas I thought was really good, in other areas I didn't think was very good. But um, this is this is a part of the NFL, you know. This is a part of the league, and then wh- wh- how are we going to respond? What are we going to do? So that's our next challenge. JJ, go ahead. Hey, Matt. On uh, the ESPN broadcast, Brian Greasy uh, relayed a conversation he had with Nick Foles where Nick apparently told him, uh, this is a quote from the broadcast, sometimes play calls come in and I know I don't have time to execute that play call. Um, has he communicated that to you, and, and did you feel like, he had enough time today to execute the play calls you called. Um, we've never had that conversation, but explain to me what that comment meant, what it, what it was that he said. His, uh, his exact comment was, um, quote, uh, sometimes play calls come in. This is just what Brian Greasy said on the broadcast. I don't know if Nick said this, but uh, this is what he said Nick relayed to him. Sometimes play calls come in. And I don't know that I have the time to execute that play call. And I'm the one out here getting hit. Sometimes the guy calling the plays, Matt Nagy, he doesn't know how much time there is back there. And so that's something they have to work out. That's just what was said on the broadcast. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. We, you, you'll have to whenever you talk to Nick, just kind of see where he's at with that. I, I that's not Nick and I have a pretty good relationship and he hasn't said I mean, he'll probably explain what he meant by that. 
Did, did you feel like today, though, that the, the play calls you were getting in, Nick did have enough time to execute them? I don't know. I got to watch the tape and see. I know there's a couple here or there where, um, you know, you're in scat protection certain times and, and they might make you hot here or there, but I, I have no idea. You know, you just, you just, I have to go back and see it exactly what, what the deal is. Um, I know the as far as the play, if you're saying the play's getting in to be able to call the play, there's no issue there. I don't know what the, the next part was. Jeff Dickerson. Hey, Matt, is, is, is there a core issue on offense that you would like to have addressed first and foremost? I mean, is there something, one major issue that if you work on that, that then maybe the consistency you're looking for will, will start to come? Yeah, Jeff. Um, man, I, it's, this is hard. You know, I've never really, I've never been a part of this before. So this is, it's a, uh, it's a situation where it, it's for all of us very frustrating um, trying to figure out answer, answers. And, you know, the hard part is, is when you care so much and you, you, you're trying so hard to, to figure out, you know, that identity and where we're at and the why part, that's the part that stings, you know, it's like uh, just trying to get that thing right. And it, it hasn't happened. So we have to look at across the board, we have to look at everything. And um, we've been doing that and you get out here and, um, you know, I just, to start, we got to start fast. And when you come out and all of a sudden you get a penalty, it just kills a drive, you know, and, and penalties hurt. You cannot have penalties early on in the game. And then when you have situational football, you can't have penalties in fourth and one to get a first down and move the sticks as hard as we're making on ourselves right now, you can't have penalties. And, uh, just that, that's the part there that for all of us to figure out, okay, man, when is this going to stop? Pat Finley. Matt, traditionally your teams don't get blown out very often. Did you feel this coming? Did you have a sense that this no. happened? No, I didn't. I really didn't. I thought our guys had great energy. Um, and again, you know, so it's, it's very similar. It's 10 to three at halftime, you know, not scoring many points. They're not scoring many points. You come out and all of a sudden you get the ball in the one yard line to start the third quarter. And it's, it's run to get some breathing room. It's an, it's another run to get breathing room. And then all of a sudden you have them beat on a double move and um, we just, we don't, we don't get it. And that's no criticism to any player. You know, he had a, Nick had a guy coming off to his left free uh, and you saw it was, it was close, but it wasn't close. And so that was just kind of one of those nights where um, it just, just, it just wasn't our night. So, we gotta we gotta figure out how each and each and every one of us are gonna step our game up to be better. Dan Wiederer. Matt, I, I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit more uh when you said you've never been a part of something like this before. And then in addition, that the fourth and one to Cordero, what gives you confidence in that play on a pitch play to the short side? Yeah. Well, I've never I don't think if I'm I have no idea, but I don't. I don't ever remember having our own defense score more than our offense. That that's that's uh, that's hard to do. So um, that part I don't like, and um, that bothers me. Uh, the second part is sometimes what happens, Dan, is we you know we we scheme plays and we have things and certain looks that we like, and then there's the execution part. I got to go back and actually see the execution part. I know that our whole entire coaching staff and our players coming out of that break felt really good about that play. We all did. There's nothing where anyone was like, ah, maybe we shouldn't do that. No, we felt good. So they made a play. And and one thing that I want to do, and I didn't do on the front end is I don't want to take, um, I want to give credit to, to the Rams and to, to Sean McVay and, and his coaching staff and, and their team, you know, you got to give credit to them. They're, they're well coached. They play hard. Um, they're a good football team. And so I don't want to, take anything away from that as well. I just, I wish we were um, coaching and playing a little bit better than we did tonight. Kevin Fishbane. Man, I think in uh, all four of Nick's starts, you guys have failed to hit, you know, 70 rushing yards. The run game, I know we bring it up a lot, but where are you at with it right now, just based on what you've seen over the past few weeks? Yeah, um, um, it's, it's, uh, where am I at with it? I'm not, it's not where I want to be, you know? I mean, you, 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 uh, you got to run the ball in this league and you got to be able to run the ball. Um, and we're, we're, uh, we're trying to figure out ways to do it. And, um, 
right now we gotta we gotta be better there. Um, starts with me. Jason Leisure. Matt, with your uh, with your offensive line, I mean, you've tried what you can. It seems like at this point, I mean, the guys that are on the bench are on the bench because these other guys beat them out. What else can you do to try to fix your offensive line? We just got to keep uh, there. It's hard when you're in this scenario right now. What happens is is um, just like you said, you know, you start thinking, okay, is it this guy? Is it that guy? And the only choice we have right now, probably, and, and I know this for sure, Jason, would be that we just we have to pull together uh, as best as we can and fight through this adversity as, as hard as it is. Because the, the, the word frustration can can is easily uh, uh, exaggerated in these times, you know, and it should be. So having that happen, we have to understand, okay, what are we doing that's not working and let's not do that. What are we doing that is working and let's get back to more of that. So um, I wish I had a better answer for you, but uh, again, I'm, I'm not going to criticize or, or, or challenge any of our guys effort, but something is obviously off. So we have to figure out what that is because until we start running the ball, um, you can't be one dimensional. Brad Biggs. Hey Matt. Um, Two things. Uh, could you give us a little update on Cody Whitehair? And then number two, as the play caller, how challenged are you with the way the, the line's playing right now? Yeah, um, so I, I think Cody's okay. Brad, I got to find out more here on the plane and when we get, get going here for, for tomorrow. He's tough. You know, He's. He, I hope he's okay. We had a couple guys there get nicked up, and I was glad that Eddie was okay. That was a little scary there for a little bit. Um, as far as the, the play caller and for me, I mean, and I've, I've told you all this, that, you know, in the situation that we're in right now as an offense, uh, you, you just, you get to a point to thinking, okay, where, where is it? And, and why is it at this point? And so we just have to look at everything. And, and I, I hate, I don't want to point fingers to, I, I just don't want to do that to, to just our offensive line or, or just our wide receivers or tight ends or the quarterback. I mean, cause we're all in this thing together. So we just got to, I know it's not an answer that y'all want to hear, but we, we have to keep plugging away. We have to try to fight through this really difficult, um, um, you know, position that we're in right now. And when you have good coaches and you have good players, you usually do that. Now that's going to be our challenge. And so we're going to be facing a really good saints team here coming up. And we're going to have to do it right away and do it fast. So uh, I'm, I'm going to start with, with myself, and, and then I'm going to critique and hold everybody accountable for the execution part too, Brad. There is Bears head coach Matt Nagy kind of at a loss for lur- words. Certainly very few answers for what, uh, what unfolded tonight. Uh, I am Jeff Meller along with Howard Griffith here on the Bears postgame show on ESPN 1000. Up next – Jeff Dickerson, who covers the Bears for ESPN 1000 and ESPN.com, will share his observations with us. We'll do that next.